You're listening to the Black Girls of Purpose podcast, where we talk about faith, friendships, and feature boss women from the Black Girls of Purpose community. I'm your host, Brianna Lightfoot-Smith, founder and CEO of Black Girls of Purpose. Hey, Purpose peeps. Welcome back to the third episode of our faith series. This month, we're discussing what it takes to be faithful into today's society, and so far we've learned that our faith cannot be dictated by what we see, and that true faith is committed, confident, and captivating. Today, we're going to continue the series by looking at the life of David and what his faith can teach you and me. Let's turn to God's Word as we listen to the third episode of this series. I'll be trying to make it into heaven, though, but you'll be trying to knock me off my course, though. Before we dive into today's lesson, I wanted to invite everyone listening to subscribe to our email list so you can stay up to date on all Black Girls of Purpose happenings. This includes events, promotions, and personal notes from me. You can do that by visiting blackgirlsofpurpose.org join and entering your email address into the form on the screen. Also, follow us on Instagram if you're not already, at blackgirlsofpurpose. We share encouraging posts throughout the week, and occasionally we will run social media contests for Black Girls of Purpose goodies. Now that we've got all our housekeeping items out of the way, let's turn to the episode for this week. Our focus scripture for the day is found in 1 Samuel 17, verse 37, and it says, Then David said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. In this passage of scripture, we meet David, who just one chapter before is anointed to be king. At this point, we know little about David other than the fact that he's a shepherd and he's the youngest son of Jesse. So on paper, he can be considered the least likely to bring about Goliath's defeat. But that's why, as we learned during week one, our faith cannot be dictated by what we see. So to give you a little bit of background for this chapter and more about David and his ministry, at the very beginning of chapter 17, we see that the Philistines are set against the Israelites, who we know are God's chosen people. But instead of fighting as a group, there's a man named Goliath, who is a giant. He's nine feet, nine inches tall, the Bible says. And he comes out and says he wants to fight one of the men from the ranks of the Israelites one-on-one instead of fighting as a part of an assembly. He also says that whoever wins will earn servants from the other people's rank. So he says, okay, if I win, your people are going to serve my people. If you win, my people are going to serve your, your people, basically. In verse 11 of this passage, it says, when Saul and all Israel heard these words from the Philistine, which Saul is the king at this point, it says they lost their courage and they were terrified. And this goes on for 40 days. Meanwhile, David is off in Bethlehem, tending to his father's sheep. And one day, Jesse, David's father, tells David to go and check on his brothers who are out in the ranks. And while he's out there, give them something to eat. So he goes to follow his father's instructions. And David hears Goliath blaspheme. And right after that happens, scripture says in, in 1 Samuel 17, 25, Previously, an Israelite man had declared, do you see this man who keeps coming out? He comes to defy Israel. The king will make the man who kills him very rich and will give him his daughter. The king will also make the household of that man, fathers, that man's father exempt from paying taxes in Israel. 
And David spoke to the men who were standing with him, what will be done for the man who kills that Philistine and removes the disgrace from Israel? Just who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So you can see that David gets upset. He's like, who is this that's talking about my Lord and who's going to handle him? It says that they will receive riches and that they will receive the king's the king's daughter's hand in marriage. And so David's like, oh, shoot, send me then. And David's brother gets upset and is like, oh, this is why you came down here. You just wanted to fight. Like, I know he was like, and then, and then he tries to play him. He's like, shouldn't you be tending to the sheep or something? And David doesn't even really acknowledge him. Um, he's just like, what have I done now? Like, what, why are you always upset? So David goes and talks to Saul and he says, Hey, I'll fight this Philistine. And Saul's like, no, you can't just fight him. You're just a youth. And he's been a warrior since he was young. It's at this point in scripture where we can learn three main things from David's faith. So first we see that David's faith was firm. Like I said, 1 Samuel 17, 33, Paul says, you can't go fight this Philistine. You're just a youth. And he's been a warrior since he was young. When I say that David's faith was firm, that means that he did not allow himself to be distracted by what others said. And I know that so many times in our faith journeys with God, we can get distracted and we can allow the naysaying of others to talk us out of God's promises. I think it's so important for us to know it's okay to listen to wise counsel, but we can't allow it to shape our beliefs. And we must understand that in this life, there are certain callings that God will only allow us to see. Like there are certain visions that God is only going to reveal to us. And it makes me think of Joseph and how he had a dream that his entire family was going to bow down to him. When he shared that vision, his brothers got extremely upset. They put him in a pit, ultimately sold him into slavery. And because God's sovereign, he still brought glory out of it. But you have to understand not everybody's going to be able to see what you see. And even the definition of firm is solid, almost unyielding. So you have to be firm in what you know God has told you to do because there are going to be people who speak against it. Um, I know with me, I told y'all I'd be sharing like parts of my testimony with my first pregnancy. Um, what I told people, oh yeah, God told me to get off birth control. And there were so many people who were like, what? Why would he tell you to do that? Or people were like, oh, God ain't tell that to me. And it did get discouraging sometimes because I was like, okay, Lord, well, you know, they're saying that's crazy or they're saying like, why would you do that? And he's just like, focus on me, be firm, be solid, be unyielding in what I've told you to do. And I'll, I'll, I'll share, I'll pour out my blessings. And so we have to understand that not everybody's going to be able to see what we see. And confidence that we have heard from God or remembering how he's delivered us in the past is what's going to keep us pushing, uh, which is what leads us to the second lesson that we see, which is that David's faith was forged. And we learned last week that forge means to be shaped by heating in a fire or a beating. David remembered what God had done for him already. Even when Saul says, oh, no, you can't go fight him. You're just a youth. David starts telling stories of how when he was in the wilderness and he was taking care of his sheep, there would be lions and bears that would come and he would 
defeat them with his own hands. And so he says in verse 37 of 1 Samuel 17, then David said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. We keep going back to the fact that faith can't always be based on what we see, but what we can base it on is what God has done already. Now, when it came to my pregnancy, I was terrified. I had never been a mom before. I didn't think I I would be that nurturing. But in spite of not being able to recall a situation when I've been pregnant unexpectedly, I still was able to remember other times when I followed God and it turned out well for me. For example, when I went to the University of Missouri, I wanted to go to an HBCU for undergrad. I felt like I needed to get in touch with my people, that sort of thing. And I was like, okay, you know, Lord, I don't even know. Well, then I I didn't have as strong of a relationship with the Lord. So I just was applying to different schools. I applied to four and I got into all four of them. But my top choice, I didn't hear back from until after I made the University of Missouri decision. And I remember sitting on the couch one day and asking my dad, I said, why doesn't God care what I want? And I realize now how insulting that question was because not only does he care, but he like is shaping my desires to align with his. And if he had allowed me to have what I want, then I would have missed out on so many blessings. I, I always share that I met my husband at the University of Missouri. I met my best friends. I travel to Argentina, which unlocked my love for traveling and just really gave me this fire and this passion to to spend a lot of time abroad whenever God allows me to do so. So it's like I'm, I would have missed out on those blessings if I had just allowed myself to be so focused on me. But that specific story showed me how faithful God is. And so when I got pregnant, I was like, okay, well, when's the last time I followed God? And what was the outcome? Okay, it was a huge blessing. So it was the same thing with my pregnancy. I was like, okay, this is uncharted territory. But I kept meditating on Isaiah 40, 31, that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And if you read commentary, it talks about waiting with a sense of expectancy. But also, I I just kept saying, like, Lord, you have to have something in this for me. And scripture says, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And I think that we look at the different things God does to us as punishment, not understanding that he's actually trying to shape something in us. He's trying to bring about a specific result and if we yield to that process we'll be blessed by it and I just want to encourage you right here if you haven't listened to the yield to the process episode on our podcast from our hope series that we did in January please go back and listen to that because it's something that you have to submit to every day. Like you can start your week off like, okay, Lord, I'm yielding to you. I'm going to be shaped this week. But the definition of forged is by heating it in a fire or beating shaped by being heated up or beat, which means that things are going to get tough. And uh, I just know that God can use that to press you even further into his presence if you let him. And then the last thing we see from David's faith is that it was fixed, which the definition of fixed is securely placed. 
He looked to God and not himself as the source of his strength. In verse 46, um, this is when David has like gone through here and he talks to Saul and Saul's like, okay, fine, you can fight him. And Saul tries to give David his armor, but it's too big for him. And David's like, listen, this is too big for me. I'm not used to this. And he just gets his staff and some stones. And he's like, all right, let's do it. And he goes out to Goliath and Goliath is almost insulted. Like, really? He's like, he called, he asked him if he thinks that he's a dog. He said, am I a dog that you come against me with sticks? Talking about his staff. And David is completely unfazed by it because his, his, his focus is fixed. It's securely placed on God. And so it says in verse 45 of 1 Samuel 17, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with a dagger, spear, and sword, but I come against you in the name of Yahweh of hosts, the God of Israel's army. You have defied him, and today the Lord will hand you over to me. Now, when I think about this, y'all, I think about just our never-ending need for belief in God when it comes to him building our testimony. We can't look to our own ability because it's not going to happen in our own strength. And I know something God often tells me whenever I am in a period of doubt It comes from scripture and it says, not by power, not by my, by my Holy Spirit. He's like, Brie, I appreciate that you want to get things in order. I appreciate that you want to make sure that you are staying aligned with me. But at the end of the day, what I'm promising is going to come to pass just because it's me. So as long as you are keeping your eyes fixed on me, securely placed on me, then you'll have what you need. And I've had to just remind myself that I won't miss him because sometimes I'm like, okay, Lord, like what if I was supposed to go to that grocery store? Or what if, you know, I was supposed to go on a walk earlier so that I encounter somebody. And he's just like, Brie, wherever I am, you are. And wherever you are, I am. So just have your have your faith fixed on me, securely placed in me and not in, in your own ability. Even as I think about that, I think about the story of Mary when uh, Gabriel told her she was going to have Jesus. And she asked, how can this be since I have not been intimate with a man? And that's found in Luke 134. And Gabriel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So you can be sure that in this life, you're going to be called to do things that seem bigger than you, but God's going to lead the way and he's going to do so by his Holy Spirit. He's going to give you the power that you need so that even when it seems like it's taxing or it's daunting, you can keep pushing. Now we see through David's boldness that he had a firm understanding of Deuteronomy 31, eight, which says the Lord will lead you into the land. He will always be with you and help you. So don't ever be afraid of your enemies. And do you know what happened? God was with David after declaring the Lord will hand you over to me. Goliath, the Philistine ran forward to attack David and he was brought to his knees. And in verse 50, it says David defeated the Philistine with a sling and a stone. And that is just so amazing. Um, I know for me, again, going back to my pregnancy story, I have never, that was like the the biggest faith leap I had taken up to that point. Since then, the big faith thing has been my finances, which 
y'all can go back and listen to various episodes to uh, hear more about that. But I had to rely completely on God and my prayer life increased because I said, God, if there is something that you want me to get out of this, then I'm going to need you to reveal it to me. And I'm grateful that he used that time to help me learn what it means to be at his feet. And I'm learning that again, even in this season where I want to be working and he has me resting. It ties back to not by power, not by might, but by my Holy Spirit. And I believe that when those miracles come to back, to pass that we're believing him for, I can't take any of the credit because I'm like, well, shoot, I've been sitting in my house for three months. So God, clearly you didn't need my intervention on this. Um, so I just hope that today's lesson showed you the importance of having faith that is firm, forged, and fixed, not on yourself or your own ability, but on God and his strength. There's so much that can be learned from David's life just as a whole, like his dedication to God. And I love that scripture calls him a a man after God's own heart. And he truly was, even in moments where he was caught in sin, he went back to God and repented and was used again and again. And I want to just share that part just in case you think, okay, Brie, well, yes, he can use David, but he can't use me. Like... You don't know what I've done. God is a God who can and will redeem everyone. Before I close out for today, I want to share um, just the last Bible story that God shared with me as I was preparing for this series. And it comes out of the book of Second Kings. And so it says, when the servant of the man of God got up early and went out, he discovered an army with horses and chariots surrounding the city. So he asked Elijah, oh, my master, what are we to do? And Elijah said, don't be afraid for those who are with us outnumber those who are with them. Then Elijah prayed, Lord, please open his eyes and let him see. So the Lord opened the servant's eyes. He looked and saw that the mountain was covered with horses and chariots of fire all around. So I'm not sure if you've ever heard the term like angel armies, but it comes from this story where there is there are two Elijah's. There's the Elijah, the prophet, and then his mentee uh, who becomes the prophet who takes his place when he um, goes on to glory. But in this passage of scripture, there's a war and Elijah, the mentee goes out and he sees like chariots and he's afraid. And then the Elijah, the prophet, the older Elijah, he knows that God is with them. And so the, the younger Elijah is like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to get out of this? And Elijah doesn't even trip. He's just like, Lord, open up his eyes so he can see. And he allows him to see that God allows him to see the angel armies. And the way that God was tying this into the series for today is just what his focus was. So the younger Elijah, his focus was based off of what he could see. 
And the older Elijah, he could, it was based off what he could see too, but it was based off of what the vision that God had given him, not just what he could see like physically. And I want to encourage you, um, as you're continuing to take faith leaps for God, that he will allow you to see things that other people can't see. And that in moments where you may find yourself yelling out like the younger Elijah and feeling like you're overwhelmed and if you're, you know, the to go to the example of Peter when he was walking on water, if you feel like you're starting to sink, then you're able to refocus yourself and say, God, help me to not focus on what I can see physically, but what I can see spiritually. Like, give me vision and give me insight so that I can keep pushing. Because I promise y'all, days are going to come where you're going to think that you are crazy, where you're going to think like, oh my gosh, Lord, there's no way this is going to happen for me, or I made this up, or you know, maybe I where did I get that from? Why, why would I think that this person is supposed to be my husband? Why would I think that I'm going to be financially free? Why would I think that I can be healed or my family member can be healed or whatever the case may be that God gave me that story because our song of this week is actually called surrounded and it's uh, in parentheses, it's fight my battles. And there are a couple, there are a few versions of this song. There are a lot of people do covers of it, but I like the one by Michael W. Smith. If you want something that's more upbeat, and then I love uh, Upper Room, which is a church out of Dallas. I love their cover of that song. She, uh, the person who sings it on the YouTube video, sings it beautifully. And then our scripture for this week is um, coming out of. Isaiah 26 verse 3 and it says you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you and that is what we're going to keep going back to every week as long as you are focused on God as long as you are surrendering to him and even if you have moments where you're like Lord I'm struggling to believe this but I need you to help me to see then he will give you that courage and that boldness and that faith to go out and do bold and scary things. Hey, Purpose Peeps. Thank you so much for listening to the Black Girls of Purpose podcast for this week. I ask that if you enjoyed today's episode, you would leave us a five-star review with a few comments on how this podcast is helping you. Also, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast if you have not already. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, just to name a few. So whether you're team iPhone or team Android, we've got something for you. That's all for this week. Here's to more purposeful and faith-filled living.
It's never that easy to choose purpose But I would die to my flesh, live a life of worship I'm really, really, really trying to make it in the hell